From Wisconsin Public Radio and PRI, Public Radio International, it's to the best of our knowledge. I'm Jim Fleming. Stock prices are rising once again, but not everyone's ready to jump on the Wall Street bandwagon. Take Woody Tash. I do not care what rate of return came out of a few portfolios from 1975 to 2000. That means nothing to me as a citizen of the planet. What concerns me is how do we use the wealth we've created to save ourselves? So, do we need to rethink our relationship with money? And even capitalism? Today, we'll hear an argument for slow money. Also, a look back at one of the great champions of the free market, Ayn Rand, a strange and unique figure who demanded absolute loyalty from her followers. She decided what movies they would see, what people they would marry, or at least she had to give her permission before they did it. She was tyrannical. But first, we consider the roots of the recent financial collapse. By now, the smoke is starting to clear, and so maybe it's possible to get a better sense of what went wrong. David Harvey is an eminent cultural geographer at the City University of New York. Unlike many commentators, he doesn't focus on subprime loans or the fine points of lending policy. Instead, he looks at the internal contradictions of capitalism itself. Harvey's new book is called The Enigma of Capital and the Crises of Capitalism. He told Steve Paulson that our current economic mess is just the latest in a long string of meltdowns. Actually, over the last 40 years, there have been innumerable financial crises. Uh, Southeast Asia in 1997-98, Argentina 2001-2002. So we're going through one which is very much uh, of a pattern. But there were actually relatively few crises before the, the early 70s, right? I mean, from the end of the Second World War to about 1973, this kind of thing rarely happened. Yeah, well, because in that time, uh, finance was tightly regulated. I mean, even within the United States, before the mid-1970s, banking was confined within states. So the deregulation of the financial system, both within the United States and eventually globally, has played a very important role in the current crisis formation. Okay, explain that. Uh, what was deregulated and how is the game played differently now? Well, to begin with, you, you no longer regulated banks on a state-by-state basis. For instance, in Baltimore, we had three local banks that dominated the whole of the state of Maryland in the 1960s. And then in the 1970s, uh, Bank of America came in and took over one and another one was taken over by something else. And then uh, that got taken over by somebody else. And very soon there was a consolidation of banking across state lines. But the second thing that happened was that uh, you started to find uh, branches of uh, New York banks in Europe uh, and European banks, Deutsche Bank suddenly comes into this country. And that means that there's a fairly easy transfer of funds from one part of the world to another so that uh, Citibank can simply move things from New York to Singapore to Tokyo to Manila very easily. So finance capital, money capital became very fluid. It just sort of raced around the world wherever to wherever the profit rate was highest. Now, there was an argument for that. I mean, that was to free up money, to, to make it more available, to supposedly generate an, an economic boom. And there were boom times yes, as well. Yes. Well, there, was, there were some good arguments for it. I mean, this allowed places with surplus savings to put their money someplace where there was surplus demand for those savings to build infrastructures or something of that kind. So there were some good aspects to it. You're quite right. But one of the other things that was crucial in all of this was making money capital much more fluid also permitted uh, industry and production to start.